Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs, with new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show. Today's featured guest is Stelly FD. Welcome, man. Thank you so much for having me. Stelly has been an entrepreneur since the age of 17. At the age of 23, he bought a one-way ticket to Silicon Valley. He made it to Y Combinator and now is the co-founder of Close.io, which helps salespeople close more deals. Uh, please take a minute to fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse to your personal life. Well, that was a pretty good intro. Um, I don't know. I could fill in. Uh, I could fill in holes for hours or for for minutes. I'll try to be pretty succinct, and then the interview is going to reveal more of me. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that you summarize it pretty well. I, I, so I'm Greek originally, but I grew up in Germany. Culturally, that's interesting because um, that those two countries are the two polar opposites on the cultural spectrum of Europe. Um, and then, uh, yeah, 10 years now ago, I decided to sell everything I had, bought a one-way ticket to Silicon Valley, and I've been, been living uh, in the Valley, have started um, two companies here, uh, one of which has pivoted three times, uh, and I've launched two little Americans uh, here, so I have two, two baby boys. So I have, the, you know, I have a, a mix of Greek, German, and American you know, in terms of my cultural spectrum, and um, I've had many, many failures as an entrepreneur and, and some, some good successes. Uh, and one of, my, one of my, the, the core ways that we grow the business today and one of the core things that I'm passionate about um, is teaching other people what I know and, and helping others avoid some of the mistakes that I've made. So hence why I'm always excited to talk to people like you and, and share some of the things that I had to very painfully acquire as knowledge. Well, I'm happy to talk to a fellow European finally. There you go. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I'm filling in that role for you. <laughs> so 17 years old, you had to have a lot of courage to buy the one-way ticket. What was going on in your mind? So I started my first business when I was 17, but I, I bought the one-way ticket to the U.S. when I was 23. So 23, 24. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, so that was a yeah. little later. Uh, in terms of courage, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it was courage. I think it was more ignorance and confidence. You know, this, this is a very potent mix. Uh, but but uh, unfortunately, I was missing a good amount of competence, hence why my first few years in the U.S. were more painful than I than I anticipated but but to be honest like i think by the time that i decided to sell everything i had to come to the us there were a few things that came together number one the first few businesses that i'd started in europe were all fairly successful so I, so i was very confident about myself although they were all kind of small businesses and had nothing to do with technology um i still had tasted almost nothing but success so, you know, when you taste a lot of success, you know, it, it breeds a lot of confidence. That was one. The other thing is that I was a little bit uh, sick of Europe. And, you know, honestly, I was kind of trying to find a way to escape Europe. And I was thinking about Asia or the U.S. I, I was flirting with the idea of leaving Europe and, and living somewhere else for a few years anyway. So that was kind of also there and then uh, then I had this idea for a technology company and since I had no background in tech or, or the internet didn't know anything about software I quickly got attracted to this idea of and the, the legend of Silicon Valley and thought that would be the place I could surround myself with smarter people than I am 
and that kind of fit into the um, that desire to leave Europe anyway. So so it was that it, you know I had some success, I had some money, I had the desire to see the world, and then I have this idea that's like a tech company, and I'm like, all right, this is it, selling everything I have, I'm going to. Silicon Valley, and you know, my, my game plan was fairly simple. I was like, I'm gonna arrive in the Valley. A year later, I'm gonna be, you know, Time Magazine Man of the Year, or Person of the Year, and then, uh, you know, a few years later, I'm gonna be best friends with, you know, all the, the the big billionaires in the Valley, and we'll have built a transformational business. So I was pretty delusional <laughs> in my grand ambitions, and and when you have those kind of grand ambitions. Doesn't take a lot of courage because uh, because you think that it's going to happen. It's going to be pretty exciting. What takes courage? What took courage? To be honest, was sticking around when things were much harder than I thought, <laughs> and things didn't work out as well. That was what took a lot of discipline and courage, and and that's also the part that helped me grow beyond my own limitations. It's interesting that you started building a software company while you weren't a technical co-founder at such a young age. I don't know. I, I think uh, I never had the desire to do anything in technology. Uh, you know, up until that point, I, I would have classified myself as a non-tech person, a people person. Um, I, you know, I got my first computer when I was 22, maybe. Um, so super late. Um, I think for me, what it was, uh, Simon, is that I, um, you know, up until the age of 16, I hated learning. I hated school. I didn't read a single book. I was just watching a lot of television and doing stupid things with other immigrant kids growing up. And then I had a transformational moment where I fell in love with reading and books. And I started to discover my love for learning. And I separated learning from education as two distinct different things. And um, I became a very passionate learner and I became a passionate advocate for the education system being broken and, and fucking up a lot of human potential. And during 2007, there was like this big web 2.0 bubble going on and Wikipedia blew up and YouTube blew up and like user generated content blew up. And this was the, the, all this hype. And I started kind of seeing all this stuff and, and got inspired by the idea of changing the educational system. And I thought, hey, maybe we could do something online where we allow people around the world to teach and study from each other. We kind of create a, a totally different educational system online. And that was that was the vision that at its core was driven by a passion of mine uh, that made me go, all right, I need to fucking do some something on the internet, but shit, I know nothing about it. And then I spent a few weeks trying to find people in in Germany or around that time in my environment, my network, and I realized, shit, nobody here knows anything either. And that was kind of the thing that made me go, you know what? Where have all the amazing internet companies been been uh, created? Silicon Valley. Let me go there. Let me find smarter people than I am. Let me do it there. And that was kind of the the reason why I made that step. So I watched your video uh, on a conference, Pioneers Festival. 2013 and uh, keynote this speech was called you got to be a hustler could you tell me as an entrepreneur what's the one thing that you do that you feel has been the biggest contribution to your successes so far is that hustle or something else it's a good question um yeah i do think it's hustle and so for me there's really just three three things you can do in the very early days of a company that truly add value you either create or design products and services, uh, or you sell them in some way, right? So you hustle. And, and selling doesn't just relate to selling it to customers. It could be 
selling the company vision to potential employees and hires. It could be selling uh, the company as an investment to investors. It could be selling the company as a story to the press. It's using mainly communication to make shit happen in the world, to move the company forward, to to create traction, momentum, to make people aware that you exist, to acquire customers, users, eyeballs, attention, money, whatever it is. Um, so my entrepreneurial superpower has always been in the, you know, sales and hustling side. I, I, I'm not a builder of products, I'm not a designer of products, but I'm a, I've always been a hustler uh, and, and somebody that's been marketing and selling things. So that's been my, my definitely my entrepreneurial superpower. And that has been the, 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 the thing that the tool I have to make a difference or create value in the early days, for sure. I want to talk about hustle a bit. A lot of entrepreneurs don't like the word hustle because it kind of kills the work and life balance, uh, working 16 hours a day. What does hustle mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, the definition of the word hustle is constantly changing in society and the world, but also just my personal definition of it has been changing quite, quite a lot. Um, I do agree that I think that uh, part of the DNA of hustle means um, – it, 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 impl- it doesn't just imply that you make things happen, but it implies that you're pushing through resistance, right? Uh, so, you know, maybe when people tell you no, you follow up with them and still try to make things happen. Maybe you make cold calls and cold emails. Maybe you just show up at an event and, you know, elbow your way to the speaker that is an investor and, you know, give a pitch and try to convince that person to give you some time to invest in your company. It means pushing through resistance to a certain degree as well, right? Um, but, but for some people, it means working insanely hard or working 24-7 or having no work-life balance or a- any of that. Um, for me, yeah, for me, it doesn't really matter that much how many hours you accumulate in the day. It, that used to be a big part of what I believed success is, right? So it was a big part of my own blueprint of success was I need to work 19 hours a day, seven days a week to be successful. I really thought that. Um, I also thought that uh, balance is bullshit and, um, you know, burnout is kind of just a, an easy excuse for weak people. Like I was a little bit of, a, of an asshole when it comes to, to these topics. Um, but then my first startup was a five-year grind where I made all the mistakes available to an entrepreneur and uh, and where the company was basically dead after year one and I still kept pushing for another four years and then I experienced burnout and depression myself, and I realized that, all right, I'm a weak asshole as well, and some of my old ideas just didn't work that well for me, right? Um, so today, I don't believe that hustle has anything to do with the amount of hours you accumulate in front of a screen or at a desk. I think hustle has to do with an attitude to take risks, to do things that are outside of your comfort zone. But not for the sake of taking risks, not for the sake of doing things that are uncomfortable, but for the sake of progress, right? So you ask yourself, what does my company need right now to progress? And then you shamelessly go after it. Uh, and you, without taking your personal um, ego and, and fears and comfort into consideration, right? So you will do things that will make you look foolish you will do things that you're not comfortable with. You will do things that will get you rejection. 
because that's what the company or the product needs or that's what you need to do to move forward in life. To me, that is a hustling attitude. It's like doing things that are difficult or challenging because they're the right things to do because they they equate to progress, not just busyness, but real progress. And that's a big, it's a big distinction, especially in the early days. I could spend all my time uh, designing my blog right, and making it look as beautiful as possible, or I could publish three blog posts that day on a really shitty-looking blog, right, uh, and send 10 people an email asking them for feedback about the blog posts and how I could write them better and if they'd be interested in it. Most people will try to do the first because it's just more fun and more comfortable, right, and, and they, would, they might also tell you that they're currently working on the marketing side of things, but hustling to me is the latter, is when you you just ruthlessly executing. You write up a blog post and you ping 10 people and ask for feedback and they all tell you how much the blog post sucked and why they would never read this and why this is useless. And then you take that feedback on board and you publish another one and you make it a little bit better and you reach out to another bunch of people and try to understand how to write things that are going to be useful and going to grow the business. That's a hustling attitude to me. I guess you uh, made so many important points. It it doesn't matter how many hours you work in a day. If it's busy work, uh, just get to work, make things happen. One of the things I hate about hustle, the word hustle, which kind of comes up in entrepreneurship field a lot, is if you don't work, uh, people make you feel bad about it. But I think you define it really well, Steli. I want to talk about um, the hardships and failures you've had in your life. Um, you mentioned them a bit before, but um, if you had to pick the worst entrepreneurial moment you've ever had, could you share that story with us? Yes. So the worst entrepreneurial moment I've ever had, I had many. <laughs> I have a lot of these. Um, but the, the worst I've ever had was um, the time where I had to let go of half of my company's team. Um, so this is, you know, the, the, the team at that point is, I don't know, 20, 25 people that were full time. We had to let go of like 10 people or something. Um, and that was some of the worst, uh, the, the, the worst time we've ever had because oh, the, the worst moment for me personally, because um, the, we, had, we had to go through a transition where the company went from a services business to a product business. And we just didn't need that many uh, people on the uh, on this new version of the business, right? We we weren't a service company anymore, and so I had to let go of a lot of people that I respected, that were amazing, but that all of a sudden we didn't have a real position for them anymore. So um, that sucked. It sucked that I had to. I, I, I had letting go of people is always the worst. Is the worst thing um, that you have to do as a founder, CEO, or as an entrepreneur. But having to let go of a bunch of people all at once was just something I had never faced before, and it seemed so daunting. It is like it multiplied the 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 feeling of fear and depression and anxiety and 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 disappointment in myself and all that. So I was like really struggling uh, with how do we even do this in a humane way? How do I do this? Right? I'm like, do I just do I just walk in and tell like everybody at once? Do I bring them in? One at a time and they walk out crying and people are like, what the fuck is going on? What do I do with the people that I want to stay in the business? Do I tell them beforehand? That's not fair, right? I, I don't want to tell you that your colleague is going to be let go tomorrow. That's not fair to that person. But I don't want you to know that we're letting go of people while we're – it's just – it, it didn't – 
I couldn't come up with a way of how to do this well. Like I was like, I could not come up with a version of it that seemed not like bad. So, and on top of it, I just had my first born uh, child. My first son was born and it was just two or three months and he was not sleeping, just crying through the night. So all night long, I would walk around with him. So I have the, the stress of having a newborn child. I'm not sleeping. I'm sleep deprived. And now I have to prepare for this day where I have to let go of a bunch of people all at once. So here's what, here was, here's what happened. I, um, I decided to – I mean we'd done a, a bunch of things prior that were pretty good. We were very transparent with the company. So everybody knew kind of what the, the finances were. Everybody knew that we were thinking about this transition to a product business. Everybody knew about some of the challenges. So people were very informed. Every employee in the company was pretty informed of what was going on, right? So, so – and then, you know, I sent an invite to every single pers uh, person in the company to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me in 30-minute blocks on a Friday, right? So everybody kind of knew, all right, something's going to be up this Friday, right? Um, and probably this is a, will have to do with pretty dramatic restructuring of the company and probably some of us won't make it through this tra transition. So people kind of prepared for it. Um, what we what we did next is uh, uh, I'm on my way to... to, to uh, that uh, that day, and I'm feeling horrible. And I remember on the way for arriving to the office that a year prior, I'd made a, a a promise to one of the employees when I hired her, and she said the only two the only two things you have to promise me is if you ever let me go, if if you ever fire me, you have to give me a cake and uh, play bye 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 from it, sing for me, right? And I laughed and I sh shook hands on that. I didn't think about it twice. But I remembered it that day and I was like, oh shit, I made this promise, fuck. And I turned around, I, I went to a Safeway and bought a cake. I downloaded Bye 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 from InSync. I'm like, just in case she wants this, I want to be able to keep my word. So anyway, so so we went through the day. I had one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. I would tell them what happened, uh, why why they would stay or, or, or I would want to offer them a, a job to stay in the company or, or leave. Um, I would offer them uh, a two hours of my time the next week once they had time to decompress for me to help them in whatever they wanted to do next. You wanted a job, two hours of my time, you'll sit next to me, I'm going to be calling CEOs, getting you a job. You want to start a company, I'm going to help you start a company, whatever you want to do. So I would uh, put these into the calendar for a follow-up for next week with everybody. Um, and we even schedule a, a, a dinner with the, everybody in the company three months later because we said, let's see how this transition is going to pan out, where everybody's going to be. Let's not get lost. Let's In three months, we're going to invite everybody for dinner to catch up and see what has happened with everyone and the company. Um, so I'm having these conversations. We're crying. We're laughing. We're hugging. The, the, the pretty powerful moments with most people. The last conversation I'm having is with this with this woman that I had made the promise with a cake. And at the end of the, the discussion with her, she, I, I tell her, hey, listen, I made you a promise. Just in case you want it, there's a cake in the fridge. She's like, oh, shut up. You bought a cake? Oh, my God, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah. And also, you know, I promised to play Bye 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 from Insync. I don't think it's appropriate, but if you want to. And she's like, no, 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 no. You promised you would dance for me Bye 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 from Insync. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's no fucking way I'm going to dance Bye 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 from Insync. She's no, 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 no. You promised me. Long story short, uh, at the end of this day, there is everybody in the company is eating cake. The people that were let go and the people that stayed on the team eating cake while I'm dancing bye, bye, bye to NSYNC, 
right? And if you want to see me do it, if you go to Google and you just type in Steli FD, buy, 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 and sync, there's a YouTube video. I told, every, I oh told everybody in the company <laughs> that nobody was allowed to record video. There's like four different videos of this. Everybody brought out the iPhone and started recording me. And the funny thing is, uh, you know, I, we published even a blog post about this years uh, after, and somebody, a good friend, a childhood friend of mine watched that video of me dancing by, 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 and looked at me and went, Steli, you're a much better dancer than this. And I'm like, you asshole, I didn't try to dance well. I tried to make the biggest idiot of myself possible to make others feel better. I didn't intend to look good while dancing. It was about humiliating myself so that I could make this day suck a little less for others. So that's how that day ended. Now, you know, years, this is now, uh, what was this? This is three years ago, four years ago. Um, and every single person we let go is still a personal friend of mine. Every person, be, like we helped them land a job um, with a massive raise in salary. They all became either founders or directors of sales or VPs of sales. They'll make a killing at our companies. They're all customers of Closeye, of our current company. And, uh, and, and today we all look back at that day and we talk, tell that story and we'll laugh. And today I can tell this story on this podcast. But that day, especially the morning as I was walking to the office, I've never felt more horrible and horrified as an entrepreneur in my life. It was the worst moment that I've ever had, for sure. So you turned a possible worst entrepreneur moment uh, to a pretty decent day. If you look back, um, would you have done anything different during that day or was it kind of the perfect fit for a pretty crappy day? I think it was a – it's a good question. I don't know. I, um, there's nothing that, that is obvious to me that, that, I, that I would want to do different. But also in all fairness, the way I handled that day was also the result of – you know, uh, six years prior of being an entrepreneur, seven, eight years prior of being an entrepreneur and having, having made a lot of mistakes in how I let go people prior. So I, I had a lot of anxiety. I'd never let go multiple people at once, but all the, I spent a lot of time trying to think how to do this in the best way possible. And a lot of the things that turned out to be good ideas and turned out to be ways that people really felt good about and respected and all that were the results of a lot of mistakes that I'd done prior. If this was the first time I'd let go anybody, I definitely wouldn't have handled the day as well as I had. Um, so, so looking back, I'm not sure what I, what I would have done what I would have done differently, but it's an interesting question. I want to touch on habits a bit. Uh, if you had to pick a one personal habit that really contributes to your success, what would that be? It's a good question. Um, I think that the, the biggest difference, um, the biggest difference that I've made is being, uh, is, is turning from somebody that used to be very goal oriented to somebody that's very processed, but also very habit oriented. So today I worry a lot less about what is the massive thing I want to accomplish in a short period of time. And I worry a lot more about what is the consistent action I can take every single day uh, ruthlessly and consistently without exception for the next decade of my life, right? Um, so that shift has made the biggest difference in the result that I'm able to generate. And and some of the some of the habits that this entails is that every day I record content, right? Every day um, I publish out a, a, a one-minute daily sales motivation video where I give a, a motivational quote and an action item and I send that video out to thousands of people every single day. 
Um, but I record content every day. Instead of worrying about how can I create the content and get hundreds of millions to watch it, I just create content every single day and lots of people get value from it. Um, I, I do a lot of things daily, but the, the, the main habit is to, um, to ask myself in whatever goal I have in life, I try to break it down to something very, very small, uncomfortably small for me because I have this inner anxiety that it's too small. And why can I move faster? And why can I do this huge thing in a short period of time? And I've learned to battle that internal anxiety and just go, fuck yourself. I don't need to accomplish anything crazy in the next three months. But what I want to do is I want to accomplish amazing things over the next 10 years. So how can I do something today and every single fucking day for the next decade? And that has been the biggest shift in the way that I do things. So I'm building all these little habits and I do things very day-by-day driven versus trying to do these exceptional feats in short periods of times. Uh, that's what I used to do and, and it didn't serve me well. I think you brought up so many great points. Um, if you start small, eventually it will add up. You start with five push-ups a day, eventually you'll be able to do 50. I think everybody should remember that and that's something I need to remind myself as well. I want to wrap up um, today's talk with the topic happiness. Um, Stanley, what really brings you joy and makes you happy? Today, what makes me happy, I mean, uh, one of the biggest sources of joy are my children, uh, you know, as cliched as it might sound, playing with them, um, seeing their pure, pure joy and, and actually as a reminder that I don't even know how that feels. Like I want to I wanna figure out a way to get back to feeling that intense joy and curiosity and passion without having this cynical adult, uh, you know, let's tone it down a little bit and let's not go too crazy on things. So just my, my children are a great source of joy for sure. The other thing that really drives most joy and happiness for me in life is, is growth, like overcoming my own limitations, helping others overcome their limitations, helping others become more of what they want to be and can be is definitely the, the biggest source of, of joy and happiness in my life. Yeah, interesting. Uh, you talked about uh, how kids have fun. I just read the study that kids laugh 350 times a day and adults laugh on average five times a day. What happened? I wonder. Yeah, well, we learned how to be cool and how to act adult. <laughs> yeah. And we learned, you know, that, that when something is funny, it's only funny once. Here's the craziest thing. I'll leave you with that thought. If you find something fun for a child, they like you do some fucking noise or you do some uh, movement and they find it amusing and they laugh. They will want you to do it again and again and again. And you do it 400 times and they're still laughing and they still want you to do it again. And I'm thinking as an adult, I do something funny. I laugh the first time, the second time, the third time. I'm like, all right, it's enough. This has been used up and it, there's no fun in this anymore. I'm like, how stupid is this, right? It's like such a – like we're such wasters of a good time. We're like, I can only laugh once about this and I'm never going to laugh about it again. Um, I don't know. I think that as we grow up, we learn all these rules, all these behaviors, all these ways to act. Uh, there's a lot of societal pressure to be cool and to be accepted and to be perceived a certain way. And if you edit yourself enough, then you turn into an adult, right? And, and children are – less edited versions of humanity. So I think that's what, what happens along the way. I'm going to end today's show with a parting piece of guidance from you to everybody in the audience and the best way to connect with you. A guiding piece of, uh, of, of guidance. Um, I think if I had one thing to say right now to, to the listeners here is 
don't compare your beginning with somebody else's middle or end, right? Don't, don't look at everybody else and how successful they are and how they figure things out and how their life is much more amazing if you look at their Facebook profile and their Instagram profile. Don't look at others and make yourself feel diminished or less or create anxiety or stress for yourself. The only person you need to compare yourself with is yourself and yourself yesterday. Like just try to be a better, a little bit better than you were yesterday. And you, if you do that every fucking day of your life, you're on this journey to an, an incredible life. Um, so just less anxiety that's induced by looking around and comparing yourself with others and more uh, incremental improvement by just trying to be a better version than you than you are than you were yesterday. If you just focus on yourself and trying to be better than you used to be, uh, you're gonna a be happier, laugh more, have more fun, have less stress and anxiety, and you are going to grow faster, be more successful, and accomplish more things at the same time. So that that's what I would tell people out there. Um, and then the best way to connect with my myself. Well, for for people that listen to this, they, I assume you know if you listen to this, you like podcasts. I do have a podcast with a very wise and very successful person and friend of mine uh, that's called The Startup Chat. So if you go to thestartupchat.com, you can find some episodes and listen to them. If you like it, you can subscribe to our podcast. And if you want to reach out to me personally with a question or a concern or feedback or advice that you need, just shoot me an email. It's steli at close.io. I'm always happy to help other entrepreneurs. Yeah, for sure. Everybody should check out the Startup Chat. Um, there's heightened uh, chatting with uh, Stelly as well and they publish a new episode every Tuesday and Friday so check that out the startup chat thank you so much for coming in Stelly and sharing journey with us thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded for killer resources and free content go to entrepreneurdecoded.com <laughs>